This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to episode 205 of the Stacey West podcast. I am one of your hosts and your host for this evening. My name is Gary and I am joined by... My name is Chris. There Hello everybody. Go prompted <laughs> now we could never introduce anyone like that before it was very i wasn't expecting it no i want to shake it up a little bit you know shake it up shake it up is that taylor 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 swift taylor oh, swift? i have no idea shake it i don't know i seem to remember it might be now we could have a problem tonight listeners um because chris has just downed um a large coffee with two scoops of coffee in it now he's the talkative one anyway um, so with two scoops of coffee in him, I fear we could be going on about pathways and progression for a very long time. So if you're on your commute to work at the moment, what I would plan to do is pull into a service station, wait 30 minutes, tell your boss you're going to be late to work. I'm trying to, back, I'm trying to defend myself, but it's probably, it's probably wise, wise advice. No, I'll be, I'll try and behave. I'll be good. <laughs> um, I've literally just finished down on it. So. I'll probably be normal for five minutes and I might be a little bit hyperactive. But it was because I was tired. I've had a busy week. I was tired. I needed a little, little, little pick-me-up. So it might just bring me back to an even kill. You never know. Yeah, there we go. Now, speaking of kind of unusual occurrences as well, I actually listened to last week's podcast. Um, so I listened to you and Ben, predominantly for the offbeat, irreverent kind of um, celebrity stories, which I thought was good. Because you were getting podcast. tagged in things on Twitter and didn't know why. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was looking at it going like, why, why are people telling me about you know, when they when they served, I don't know, Lionel Blair a coffee or something like that? I, I don't understand it. And, and I really liked Les Dennis telling Ben to fuck off. Um, <laughs> Les Dennis is, he's literally become my favourite kind of 80s quiz show presenter, I think now. Um, and it, it used to be, uh, who was the guy that did The Price is Right? It used to be, come on down. Do you remember that? You won't remember that. You wouldn't have been born. Too young for it, guys. Yeah, all right. Whatever. I'm going to pretend I am. Yeah. Whatever, whatever. So, so we decided to do something a little irreverent today to get us kicked off and and and, and on the way outside of football. Predominantly, we don't have a game to talk about in midweek, so we put it out to the Twitter sphere. 
which I think is the technical name for it. Um, we wanted to people to suggest a topic. Uh, we have chosen Drew Hurd's topic. I really liked this. Um, so he's put, what about your small victories? What are your best small victories? Things you've been disproportionately pleased or smug about, the pettier the better. Now, he's also gone with you could also do things you've been disproportionately angry about. So we, we could look at that. Um, but I really like the small victories. Now, I've got two. I've also got two. Ooh, OK. Right. You go first, then. What's one of yours? Well, well, one of them was this morning at work. Uh, <laughs> so genuinely. So, <clears throat> excuse me. On a, on a Thursday morning, we have a team meeting. And there's normally five minutes of light-hearted fun, just like we try and do on this podcast. Um and there was a quiz. Normally, I am horrific, horrifically bad at them. They're normally some sort of um, like riddle or something like that. And I normally expect to be rubbish, so don't really care. I'm normally quite, as you'll know, a very competitive person, um, but I don't care about them. Anyway, today was um, Capital Cities. And I quite, I'm quite good at Capital Cities. Yeah, okay. So I thought, oh, I've got a chance of winning this. And I took it far too seriously. So straight out the back, <laughs> Chisholm now. Yeah, that's Moldova. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely Cameroon. Tbilisi, Georgia. Yeah, three nil up. Happy days, you know. <laughs> so, you know, what you've got to do is you're going to hit them hard early doors, haven't you? Shatter yeah. their spirits and then just coast home to the victory. So I think I got 11 out of the 15 from the team of five of us and I was absolutely over the moon. Far, far more happy than I, than I should be about it. Uh, <laughs> it's football, though. It's all football. It's how you get this random kind of geographical knowledge. Yeah, yeah. So Dynamo Tbilisi. Exactly. If, I, if yeah. they weren't a team, I wouldn't know that Tbilisi was the capital of Georgia. <laughs> wouldn't have a clue. But I know a little bit about Dinamo Tbilisi, so I know that that's a thing. Very so, good. yeah, that, that's my first one. It happened literally today. So I'll, I will use one that happened literally last night, um, and it filled me with absolute joy, and it's the pettiest thing ever. So um, at night time, when, when the clocks change, Charlie normally only gets one walk a night, one walk a day. It's all he normally wants. It's dark at five o'clock. He doesn't like the dark. I don't like the dark. So we're in that realm now where he might need a second walk of the day. And at six o'clock last night, he didn't want it. So at half past nine, ten o'clock, going to bed. And Fee says, Charlie, do you need a wee wee? And I said, no, he doesn't need a wee wee. Um, and Fee said, yes, he does. So we went to, the, I, he was at the back door. We've got like a little um, cat flap, a clear cat flap. We call it the Charlie window. It was in when we moved in, but it's so he can see outside. So we won't replace the back door because otherwise we'd have to get a little glass window put down at kind of dog height, which would look ridiculous. So he was at the Charlie window looking out. So I've opened the back door and he's kind of backed up. Anyway, Fee's kind of said he needs to go out for a wee. So out we've gone into the garden. He's followed me, pissing down with rain. I was absolutely, I was getting wet. I was miserable. Um, and Charlie did a loop of the garden, didn't wee, and came back in. And I was overjoyed at that. Because so it was a moral was victory. You was, you was pissing wet through, but it was a moral victory. Exactly. It wasn't a victory because I'd still gone out and tried. So I'd done exactly what I should have done. But just walking back in, and it was the word smug. As I walked back in, I said, he didn't do anything. And Fee was like, well, he's mugged me right off, hasn't he? And I'm thinking, yes, he has. Yes, he has. That's my boy. And he probably needed a wee, and he just went out there and thought, actually, I'm not going to let my dad get mugged off like that. So there we go. That's it. That's um, it. So what's your second one? Oh, it's not as good as that. It was a football no. prediction. From the summer. Uh, so I've got a group chat with with four of us, four of my mates, and one of them is a an ardent Manchester United supporter. And we were discussing there, and I don't care about United at all. Um, and in the summer, I, sort of July sort of time, I suggested Valt Veghorst would be a good signing, a bit of a kind of off-the-cuff 
out kind of outside of the box thinking sort of signing, which as you can imagine in the summer, it's like, who's he? That bloke from Burnley, don't be shut up. You know, you know nothing. Like, All right, fair enough. And then uh, obviously in January, what goes and happens is May United sign about Veghorst. So I very smugly kind of wanted to bring this up again at the end of the transfer window. And they couldn't even remember me suggesting it. It's like, they say, oh, bullshit, don't believe you. you didn't say that. So I went through, I literally scrolled through the chat all the way up to July and found my little quote, screenshotted it. I'm so petty. See, see. And I was like, oh yeah, fair enough. That's a good shout. That actually, like, yes, it was a good shout. Thank you. For, thank you very much. Was, was it in WhatsApp? Yep. You do know there's a search facility, so you don't have to scroll. Nope. Yep, you can search a chat. That's how I find your email address every time I want to send anything. I just type in email, and uh, I actually can't do it now because I didn't back up my chats and I lost them when I, when I switched over a phone. But, yeah, you can you can just search. Oh, it's really easy. Uh, I'm not an old man. I don't think I am. But I'm, well, I've got, like, very much an old man mentality to technology. For work, we deliver our, our online sessions on. We used to do it on Zoom, and we just started doing it on Teams. And uh, I've had a couple of weeks of delivering it, I think, really poorly. And then Steph, my other half, um, saw me last night. And says, "Why are you doing like that? Just press this button." I said, "Oh my god, this is like life changing. <laughs> <laughs> it was so much better." So if, if anyone's listening, it's on my Monday morning Gloji group at work. It's going to be so much better now. <laughs> As of this coming Monday, I don't know what I'm, know what I'm doing now. It's great. It's all right. You think you're you think you're a technophobe, but I don't think Dave can log on to Instagram. We went to a gig last Thursday, as you know, I didn't record, and I was actually showing him what Instagram was. I'm just thinking, how have you got to this stage of your life? Honestly, I'll be honest, I haven't got Instagram. Yeah, but you know what it is. I know. Yeah, I know what it is. Yeah, I, yeah, know yeah. I don't like it, yeah. so I don't have it. But, uh, um, yeah. So my last little victory before we move on to actual football stuff. Um, and it's a match day one. So dad and I, we park in the same place every week. We walk up through town. And we come up to the crossing um, at the bottom of the high street at Le Wigford Way there. And uh, if the barriers are down, he gets he won't go up the stairs and over the stairs. He says it's a waste of energy. He may as well wait. Me, I don't like to wait when there's facility for me not to wait. So I go over the stairs. The absolute joy I get if I get up over the stairs and down the other side and then have to wait for him while the barriers come up. Um, I can't describe. And again, it's not a win, is it? Because I've the one that's gone up and over the stairs and I'm still waiting for him. It's Otherwise, a win long I term, go... though, isn't it? It's a long term win. Well, I'm, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. But it's just that sense. And But there is, talking about disproportionately angry, there is nothing that grinds my gears more than getting up the stairs just onto the top of the bridge and seeing the things come up. And the thing is, every time dad will do, and you can't, if you're listening, you, you won't see what's going on here, but Chris will see dad does this. He looks up at the bridge to see where I am. And I, he won't smile or smirk, but it's just that look in his face. And I just think bollocks to LNER, to the train station, to everything. I always feel like not coming down. You know, like a kid who's gone up a treehouse. God, like, no, I'm not coming down. No, I'm staying up here. Sodgy. Yeah, staying up here forever. Yeah. Sodgy. And that, that's how I, you know, that's how I deal with disappointment. I will either, I'll sulk or um, I'll go on a five kilometre run down to the woods, which is exactly what I did to deal with the disappointment of Saturday afternoon. And so we'll have to bring ourselves, I think, to the football. Um, indeed, indeed. I suppose we ought to at some point. So Exit City away. You and I had the pleasure of watching it, I think, from Australia uh, this week. It was week, Australia or... this time. Yeah, I think we were in it... Sydney. Yeah, we were in Sydney this week watching it and we paid for it. Or well, you 
pay for it to be fair um but it was paid for so we're not we're not illegally streaming anything we were just in australia to watch this um and got back to rugby upon the final whistle um now actually we have a good record i think i've been over to yours when we played ipswich mm-hmm. and we when we watch games together usually um usually we actually know we do badly don't we we haven't won when we've watched a game i don't think together thinking about it because we went to doncaster in the cup and lost 2-1 Oh yeah, our only home defeat all season. <laughs> yeah, the only home defeat that we've had in almost a full calendar year, and uh, and yeah, we. But anyway, so it's Exeter City. Um, and breaking it down, I think in terms of the first twenty-five minutes, uh, and I know that you're going to agree with me because we were sitting with each other. I thought we were really good. We weren't excellent. We weren't scintillating, but we did the right things. Right, Exeter couldn't get through us. They couldn't pass through the lines. We weren't allowing them any space. We created opportunity. Obviously, we got the goal. I thought Danny Mandrew probably had a, a better opportunity than than even the, the, the goal was initially, because that was very much a, a keeper mistake, I think. Um, and, and we looked in relatively comfortable control, didn't we? Yeah, I think it was a good start. Um, one thing I noticed was a real increase in tempo from mm. us on the ball. Um, certainly until we, not even until we scored, probably until they scored, really. Um I was I was quite impressed with that. Like you say, it's not going to be perfect. It never is. But from an away performance, maybe slightly more open than we're probably used to. Not in any real danger, but I thought we looked threatening. I think it was a really positive start. And I think we were we were probably value for a 1-0 lead at the time that we scored. I did notice people were slipping over left, right and centre as well, weren't they, for the first few minutes? So I think, obviously, it must have been a slippery pitch, but that, that kind of zip on the pitch does... Does kind of lend itself to a slightly higher tempo game, which which is yeah. good for 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 the fans. So yeah, I thought I thought until we scored, I thought it was it was a it was a strong a strong performance from us. Really, it was kind of on the whole the strengths that we'd come to expect from us away from home. But we actually looked a little bit more on the front foot as well. Yeah, I don't, I just want to pick up because we're obviously going to move on to some negatives, and I'm going to kind of ease us into it a little bit. I was just I was a little bit disappointed with Danny Mandrew even in the first 20, 25 minutes. Um, and we picked up on a couple of bits through the course of the game about the tracking back and then they're not really offering protection. And there was a moment, I think, where he didn't track back, which was very similar to Max Sanders not doing it at Burton Albion. And it was a similar sort of chance that was created from that flank. But for me, there was it, it was the opportunities as well. I mean, he's, he's known for his technique. He's known for kind of being almost, I'm not going to say the marquee player, but he's... You know, he's a luxury player, but a luxury player expect to do the, the the right things when he gets the ball. If a luxury player has four touches and scores two goals, or he, do you know what I mean? You go, yeah, fair enough, he's done his job. And I just felt the the opportunity that we created in the first half. I mean, he shanked it horribly wide. Mm. But the build-up was first rate. It was Regan Paul. He looked for that ball, kind of over diagonal ball, um, trying to get on the the inside of the fullback and the outside of the centre half. It was a great ball through. Um, missed the opportunity and I felt yeah I just, I just felt that from that point I think with Danny Mandrew his, his first touch is vital if his first touch is a sublime pass or a shot or a goal I think then you get a decent version of Danny Mandrew through the game at the moment I think if his first touch or his first effort is not great then that's how he's going to be for 90 minutes mm, that's a good observation I think because I, I really like I think he can be a really big player for us I think myself and Ben discussed it at length after the Charlton game, about you know, I think that's the first game he played in the ten role, and we was like, yeah, that's his position. That you know, he's, he can be a real key player for us. Um, what I've noticed in the last few weeks is he's almost like a step ahead of some players. 
So he'll do a little, I think the back heel a couple of weeks ago, which was the right decision. It was the right decision to yeah, try it, yeah. but it didn't quite get through. And there was two or three other little flicks and and some passes and some runs he made that weren't weren't seen. You think, oh God, a better player would spot that. And so I think there's an element of not being on the same wavelength, but he's clearly got the ability. And I think his his skills and his strengths are definitely popping up in those little pockets, like between the lines in the half spaces, and then and then kind of creating from there. And I, to be honest, thought how X to play. They do like to play out. Um, they played in a shape that would expose those spaces a little bit. I thought he, he'd have a real opportunity to get on the ball. I thought that was probably a reason why he was given the nod to start. And yeah, I think it was, I hate to admit, one of his weaker performances in a Lincoln shirt because he didn't really get the opportunity to get on the ball as much as I expected him to. And when he did, he, it didn't go quite quite go his way. And then, like, like you say, when things don't quite go his way early doors in the game, he does sometimes seem to drift a little bit away from from the game. Um, yeah. I, I think, think we know his, his strengths, don't we? But it wasn't his strongest performance on Saturday. No, I think there was um, there was an interesting point there. You say he didn't have the opportunity to get on the ball. And I think the difference between where he is now and where we might want to see him in six or eight months' time is not just getting the opportunity to get on the ball, but creating the opportunity to get on the ball. And yeah, I think that's, they're two, that's they're two different of, things. I, I agree they're different. I think... I think he's on the way there now, not on Saturday, but generally I, I, I think he gets himself into good positions, but doesn't always receive the pass or his runs aren't always seen. Hmm. Um, well, there was sometimes. the Ben House. When, when, when was the Ben House effort where House had an effort that he put wide and he should have squared it to Mandria? I can't think where we were. Where were we? Cheltenham, I think. Cheltenham way. Sorry. I, they all, see, I can't remember. They all merge into one now. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that. I, it was because it's in that god-awful third kit and I can just picture it. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I don't want to kind of feel like we're just bashing him, but it was definitely no, no, a weaker no. performance from him today, um, and, today on Saturday. So, and, and let's let's flip reverse it, as some disgusting uh, R and B band once said about, um, or I think in the song it was predominantly about oral sex, but this isn't. This is about Jack Diamond, which is a different subject altogether. Um, first twenty-five minutes. Um, <laughs> I, I saw your eyes there. I wonder where he was going. I'm thinking, where am I going with this? Um, <laughs> first twenty-five minutes. I think we were both of the in agreement that Jack Diamond looked excellent. Um, he was making the right runs. He was delivering the right passes. And I thought that he looked, yeah, I thought he looked first rate. And look, the goal knocked everybody's confidence. But I thought it was nice to see the positives from Jack because he's had a rough couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Like like you just said, we, we agreed on that. Like, Hang on, Jack Diamond's playing well because he sees a lot of the ball. And I think sometimes it's, it's easy to criticise because he sees a lot of ball, because he has a lot of the ball and he makes a wrong decision now and then. It's easy to criticise that. And I think in the last few weeks, those those poor decisions have definitely been prominent, which may have been a reason that he found himself on the bench for a game. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest thing that he improved upon on Saturday was that decision making. We know he's got a good carrier of the ball, but it's what he did once he'd beaten a man. Which pass did he choose, and when did he just choose to release it? Did he take an extra touch, or did he hit it early? You know, he had a couple of. Sh- I think he had a shot in the first half as well that was on target, which is rare. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, it was a good performance. But there was a lot of good performances, in fairness, um, up until they scored their their first goal. Yeah, I think. I mean, we'll probably move on to that now because you know it came from our corner, and I, I think at one nil, 
we got a corner. It wasn't the greatest of deliveries, but I, I felt at that point we were going to go on and get the second. Danny Mandrew had found the space and missed his opportunity as well. I just thought the second here is almost inevitable. As you said, we were playing at a better tempo. It, people were, people criticised Lincoln City for shutting up shop when we don't necessarily. Um, they criticise us for not going on and killing games. Debatable whether that's something we do deliberately or not, whether it's just kind of a byproduct of wanting to protect a lead. Um, but we never looked in danger. And then all of a sudden we've we've handed it. Now, we don't do blame here on the Stacey West podcast uh, unless Ben is on and then it's his fault. Um, but we, you know, I think personally it's, it's 50-50 because Rowan's got to look before he plays that pass back. But it's all right giving a player an angle. But Rushworth looked like he'd gone to get a cup of tea. He looked like, he, it looked like he'd done a Hakeeba Delican and was getting a drink of water. He was that far out. For me, if he's giving an angle, you move a little bit, a little bit. He's given so much of an angle that Sam Nombi, who is behind the ball, he's able to kind of come in and and, and get there before the keeper. And for me, hmm. 50-50. I, don't know I know you're going to defend you. him. You're not going to defend him because you're the goalkeeper. But... Yes, I am. Uh, of course I am. Uh, but it's not just because of that. Of course, there's definitely an element of that there, keeper's union and all that. But um, I think some of it's got to come down to tactical, the tactical side of things because... If we think about how we're going to play, not not in that exact moment in the game, but just generally over the game. If you're playing against a front three, which they had, they had two strikers and a 10, which you extract to play against your front three, the way you create an overload to play out from the back is using your keeper in the back line. So I imagine Mark Kennedy will have coached, hang on, they're playing a front, effectively a, a narrow front three. We need to create an overload. Carl, you're going to have to make angles. You're going to have to drift wide so that we can use you as an outball. So I imagine he's got that in his mind going, well, I'm here for a back pass. We've clearly been told before the game that I need to come and make an angle. And I agree, he's made a very wide angle. But you don't do that unless you've been coached to do that or told to do that. Not As a goalkeeper, like you, you're you not going to go that wide unless you've been told to go that wide. I don't like, I, I, I'm a massive Sean Rowan fan. Absolutely adore the lad. I think, I think it's almost entirely just a massive lapse in concentration by him. He hasn't got his head up and... He's made a, a glaring error. You can't coach that. You can't, you know, you can't really prepare for it. It's just one of them. It's a, it's a elapsed concentration, an individual error. It happens. He's a young lad. He'll learn from it. It was just a shame because it really did affect not just our mentality, but it actually massively affected Exeter's mentality as well, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It did, and we'll agree to disagree. I, I, I'm giving, I'm giving Sean at least fifty percent of the blame. Um, but just to go back to the angle thing, I know what you mean about these created the angle for the pass, but you know, the ball is over on like our defensive right. So they're attacking left almost. It's not like Sean's dead centre. If Carl's come across that way, you can still get the angle on the ball. And it's more about not playing a straight ball down the middle, isn't it? Carl's mm-hmm. over that side of the pitch to get the ball so that we can go on a diagonal rather than just an easy straight ball. And for me, you could get the diagonal if he's a little bit, Sean's side. Yeah, I'm not denying that he was a long way out. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, but I just feel like there's, if he's that far out, he's been told to, and that means the whole team's aware of it. Yeah, so, because he did yeah. do it a second time later on in the game again. Yes, so, exactly. Yeah, it, it, it should be. And look, Sean should have looked, but I'm not. Um, I think he's had an excellent season, and obviously, yes. Oh, he's he's massively in credit. Bit. He's massively in credit throughout the whole season. He's such a yeah. normally such a mature performer for his age. I'm more than happy to let him have one. You know, it's one of them. Yeah. We all make we all make mistakes. I mean, I let him have the throwing. We let him have the throwing at Bolton as well. 
didn't we? It? But that was last. Yes. That was last year. So that was last year. Fine. Yeah, can have one a year, can't it? Yeah, that's last year. That's this year. It's fine. Can't do anything now until Christmas. Um, but yeah, it affected our mentality because uh, both teams. Because almost as soon as Nombi had got that, and he had been anonymous, Exeter had been anonymous. They hadn't had an effort. I don't think they'd had anything at all really that would look serious. Um, and and I got criticised on Twitter from an Exeter fan saying that, that everything I'd written bar the goal was inaccurate. And I'm like, well, yeah, you must have watched a different game, pal, because um, I didn't tell him that because I don't do that sort of thing. But you know what? In- I, but, sorry, before then, I thought they got Exeter actually, in fairness to them, got into some half decent positions, um, but we they didn't get shot away. And no, we noticed that. Really. We noticed, so so they got into the like the, the areas like really deep, wide in our eighteen yard box next to the byline for some cutbacks. But not a single cutback um, reached their player. We our back three defended that brilliantly. So as much yeah, as yeah, they got into yeah. like decent territory in terms of actual opportunities, they didn't really have anything until the goal. Then then that changed a little bit. Yeah, I mean you can see why they're mid table, not in the bottom half of the table because they have they have decent players. Dimitri Mitchell, obviously we we spoke about Sam Nombi, a couple of others, um, the boy that got sent off, Alex something or other, had had a good game and with his he got long hair running in the middle of the park, um, Hartridge, I think. Um, yeah, they're, 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 but the goal knocked us, and I think when they when we were knocked, and they've got a good home support, and our, our support obviously was quiet. There was only a couple of hundred there. It wasn't fantastic um, in terms of of noise. And I'm going to come on to that. Actually, remind me about that before the end of the podcast. Uh, in fact, before the end of this segment. Um, and yeah, they just got the wind between. They've got the wind under the in their wings. Um, could have scored within thirty seconds again, couldn't they? I think Nombi yeah. had another opportunity. A golden uh, opportunity. A golden opportunity. I think the XG for that was better than the XG for his goal, um, <laughs> which was unbelievable. Only actually had an XG of one point zero eight for the whole game. Yeah. So, so that, I thought that I thought when I was looking at the stats earlier, I was expecting it to be higher because I was, my opinion of it before we started was, and we gifted them one. I think we, without the gift we could probably say on the balance of the 90 minutes, we deserved a point. But actually, on the balance of the 90 minutes, even with the gift, we actually deserved a point according we to the XG. But, but we'll get onto that, sorry. But yeah, I, just, we did. I was because expecting it to be higher than that when I logged into Scout earlier. Well, it's just, again, because even after that, I think for the, for the for the five five minutes after the goal, I thought we were knocked. And then we came back into it, and Mandrew could have had one just before half-time. I think that was the the one where it's, uh, it, he's kind of caught it on the volley. It was a better effort, and he's just dragged it a little bit wide. Um, and I genuinely felt at half time that a draw was probably a fair result. If you had to give it to one side, you would have probably given it to us um, because you know, we had we had lost, we had conceded the first half rather than them kind of getting themselves back into it. If you know what I mean, at one 0 we were comfortable, um, and I, I, I didn't have any real particular fear. And then the second half was just it was just poor from it was from all, all Exeter really. Yeah, we really didn't. Didn't, didn't get going, and I have to admit, extra were good. Yeah. You have to sometimes credit the opposition; they were good. They were really yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Pl- they played out well, um, and they played with decent tempo. Um, we we definitely dropped off. Not I'm not saying we dropped off effort. Our organisation looked a little bit um, amiss. We we got exposed quite a lot on our on our left flank, and sadly, I think Sean struggled a little bit after his mistake. Understandably, it does affect Absolutely. you hugely when you make a mistake. And I thought Exeter were kind of dominating and and bullying us a little bit down that size. And I thought it was a really smart decision by Mark Kennedy to to shuffle it around and bring Regan Paul onto a left wing back position and take Sean yeah. off. Just just take him out the firing line. Sometimes you're, out, just, yeah. you're just not having a great game. We all have them. We all have off days. Um it was just I think it was a really good management to go, you know what, let's just let's just get him out of that situation right now. And I actually thought for 10 minutes or so after that, we got a bit of a foothold in the game. We looked a lot more comfortable. We looked a lot more solid again. And then 
not against the run of play for the whole match, but against the run of play for that little spell of the game, Exeter then scored on the counter-attack. And it was 2-1, yeah. and at that point, I felt that was kind of game over. I never really seriously felt that we were, we were going to. I felt we could, but I never really felt like we were. No, I, I, we had the potential to, but we never looked like scoring in the second half, is, is the truth. And I yeah. think the only opportunities that we had were Danny Mandrew free kicks, which were... You, you know, there's the saying high wide and handsome well they were, they were high and wide um, and, and obviously we had the moment where you'd still got your alert set and it was there's a goal and Danny Mandrew's lining oh, up the free yeah. kick and we thought we need to tell, need to tell everyone about this I made a right <laughs> howler so I forgot to turn the goal alerts off on my phone and they come up on my watch as well and then I, I saw a little um, got a little notification saw it was 2-1 just as Danny Mandrew was lining up for his free kick and I kind of looked at Gary I thought I better not tell him and spoil it I just saw it was 2-1 and then we saw his I saw kick you. Go I saw miles, the look. <laughs> it went miles over the bar. And then it was very confused. And then it suddenly hit me. I was like, oh shit, is it 2 1 to Exeter then? And then, and then, yeah, 30 seconds after that, they go and he goes and slots it away. Oh, it was that I'm awful kind of 15 second period where the ball goes over and we're like, oh no, oh no. And yeah, then when we, they first got the ball out now. wide, we thought, are we going to like snatch in and boot a long ball forward? And it's, oh shit, no, we've, we've lost. No, here's an interesting point. I mean, we've done a little bit about the game. Here's an interesting point sent in to me from, and I'm going to keep the guy's name anonymous. It was messaged to me, direct message after the game. Um, I'm going to read it word for word, and then I'll just get a, your thought on it. I was at Exeter today and Cheltenham last Tuesday. Uh, I'm not suggesting you publish any of this, but if any of it is useful, you're welcome to. I was looking forward to this trip. I knew it was far from Lincoln, but easier for me coming from somewhere close by. Let's say I won't give him away. 290 was a decent following. It was lovely to have imps from the southwest joining us. But we were rubbish as a support today. There were no coherent songs, literally none. A few people near me were singing some fun songs with unusual words, but they were for their own amusement, not as a terraced groundswell. All our players could hear was grumbling and rumbling. At the start of the match, people near me said I should start songs myself. I tried with give me a C, give me an I, etc., but it fell flat. Unsurprisingly, you need a core group. The people around me explained, we don't do that one anymore. A bit of a shock as I sang it 20 times last Tuesday. The first noise we made was for our opening goal. There's no excuse for Exit as equaliser. Someone rightly laughed on Facebook when I commented on a lack of support at the same time as frustration at Exit as equaliser, but it's how I felt. Lincoln team out there alone, away from home with a silent support makes me feel like we've let them down. I've never been in the Lincoln crowd before and heard the home crowd much more loudly than our own, and I did today. My point is this, not everyone can make the match, but when they're there, people who lead our singing are fundamental to our support. Today, they were sorely missed by the supporters and by the team. Wow. I don't know what to say. Yes, it's it's it's, it's, a, it's very, very well written. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> Appreciating um, a craft. Yeah, yeah. Like I say, I wasn't there. I can't comment. Um, I think I, I think we can we can all comment from the games that we've attended. There's been some incredible away away um, support this season through the years. I think we can we've often prided ourselves on away support. It's a bloody long way away. Extra and credit to anyone that made the journey. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. In terms of in terms of noise, you know, I think generally speaking, you always expect the away fans to make some noise, but it's, I, it's interesting that that was an observation from one of our own supporters, though, wasn't it? I was at Shrewsbury last year, and we weren't great as a support then, but we were absolutely terrible. Um, is the I mean, obviously, the the the, the club acknowledge the support. It's a long way to go. 
it was a dead rubber, let's face it. And the uh, come the end of the season, bar a momentous collapse between now and then, neither of these teams that we've been talking about will be um, anywhere other than League One. So it, it's effectively a dead rubber. Um, we've you know played been playing Saturday, Tuesday, long trip to Cheltenham. Obviously, with Jake from the podcast, Charlie from the podcast made both trips as well. Yeah, I get the sentiment. Absolutely. I, d- I think probably if we were challenging for the playoffs or if we were battling relegation, potentially there, there might be a bit more to it. Yeah, you know what? You tend to find that, you know, when they're sort of to play for, every, the goals matter more, the matches matter yeah. more, don't they? They just do. And because we've been on a really positive run recently, was it 10 games unbeaten before Saturday, we'd pulled ourselves away from danger and we've given ourselves that kind of breathing room now. I suppose a negative downside to that is it means that games don't matter quite so much in terms of the, yeah. like the actual result. Isn't there's not so much riding on it. So you know we, we we could turn up with a bit more of a relaxed kind of mentality, and and maybe sometimes that that comes across in in the support. Though I don't forget, for, I don't think for a second we're gonna we're gonna struggle to to create an atmosphere on Saturday against against Posh. No, absolutely not. And isn't it a pity that we've got other things to talk about? I know that wasn't that wasn't it. that wasn't a setup for a, a, a segue, but I thought, oh, that's my first one that I've done without even being prompted. But never mind. <laughs> uh, so we will move on. We'll we'll put Exeter to bed now. That's that's been done and dusted. Um and, and we move on. It's a game that we won't particularly look back on fondly. Um so there's been very little news this week. Mm. Uh, but one Can bit I just of news. Have one one last thing on Exeter. What we we didn't mention. We actually scored a goal from a set. Not really. No, we've moved on now. Um, right, fine, see it. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, sorry. No, that was it. So we scored a goal on a set piece, and that's good. We Did we not get one the other week from yeah, a set with, piece? Mark Kennedy mentioned for a while we should, we should be scoring some more, and we have yeah, yeah, recently. Um, so that's good. Um, there was another point, but it's gone now because it seems you, since you interrupted me after <laughs> I interrupted you. I was going to say, <laughs> hang on, who who interrupted who then? Um, so yeah, that's a good point. Sorry, uh, Chris, well made. Chris Thank points you. out that we uh, scored from a set piece, belatedly, um, but he made that anyway. So, uh, right. <laughs> so well, we we'll just, I, I just realised. Oh, we goes, it's, right, it's going again. It's fine. <laughs> we didn't even talk about our goal. We Did went we not? About, we, we said how, how we started quite well until they scored and then spoke about our, their goal. So I thought God. it was worth just mentioning. We actually spoke about the thing that was the, the one good part of Saturday. That's quite that an omission, isn't it? <laughs> just a little that bit. That is quite yeah. an omission. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll take But it it's back. too late now. Yeah. Well, no, it's not because I can edit this section out if I do. A, I could do what Ben does and just edit it out. Um, You're so, not going to yeah. because this, this is a brilliant list in this bit, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And also, I can't be asked. I don't really know. Um, I don't use the program as easily as Ben. So we will move on. Uh, unless you want to talk about anything else to do with Exeter, I'll just give you an opportunity now. No, no, he's all good. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, so we've had some call-ups this week. Now, you know, a couple of years ago, we were having call-ups for full internationals, um, but we've had calls up for youth internationals. Uh, so we've had Julian Donnery who is a, a academy player, has been called up to the Scotland, I think, under 18s, uh, yes. I think. 18s or 19s, I think, yeah. Uh, Ocean Gallagher, I think, is the Ireland under 19s. And yeah. then Sean Rowan for Ireland under 21s, which I think is, I think that's quite a big call-up, actually, yeah. um, for the under 21s. I think that that's a real, considering he couldn't get a kick last season and you know, was taken off against Bowers and Pitsey. And I know we've just talked about um, kind of the, the the error on Saturday, but I think he's been excellent otherwise. So yes, uh, yeah. I did I did an article, it reflects well on the academy and it does, doesn't 
Hugely. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Jez also made a point of saying that there are other academy lads at, at younger age groups that have yeah. also had international call-ups as well. So they're, they're the three that are kind of part of the senior setup, but but there are others as well. And, you know, I, it was a long time ago now, 20-odd years ago since I was in the academy, but no one, ha- we never got an, an international call-up from anyone in the academy then, you know. And I loved every second as part of that academy as a kid. I absolutely loved it. But that was that was miles away from where the club were at the time. That was just a, a pipe dream, you know. Our our aim was can we get, can we get a club to play for the county, um, not the not the country, you know. Yeah. Um, so so I, it just shows how far the academy has come. And I think when when the investment first went into it, it was mentioned, you know, we're not going to see we're not going to kind of reap the rewards from this in the next two or three years. But in the next 10, 15, 20, that's when it's going to really start to show. And it's just nice. Obviously, Sean Rowan is a shining light at the moment. Academy lad getting into the first team and getting these international call-ups in the under-21s. He's probably not a million miles away from a first-team international for Ireland, to be honest. Um, just because of the fact that Irish football maybe isn't the strongest at the moment in terms of the senior internationals. And also, he's he's you know his, his stock is rising. Like we said, yeah, OK, made a mistake on Saturday. But ov- overall, he's been... A, really positive and consistent performer for us. So it's only positive. I don't think you can, no one can possibly put a negative spin on this. It's great. Good luck to them. Hope they, I hope they go there and you smash it. Yep. Just a word on Julian Donnery. People might be aware. Um, so he's a midfielder born in the USA, but obviously eligible for Scotland as well. Um, he's previously played for the academies of Sacramento Republic, De Anza Force and Fremont Youth SC, which I'm assuming is... Um, Fremont is Fremont Street is uh, San Francisco, so I'm assuming he's California. Now he's on a work experience um, loan at Barwell, which is I think what academy you can't loan out a player who hasn't signed a professional deal, as I understand it. So yeah. if they haven't signed a professional deal, they go out on work experience at a particular place rather than a, a full loan. And Donnery and Gallagher have both Gallagher have both been playing for Barwell, um, and obviously Sean's been playing for us, so. Yeah, good news and, and looking forward into the future. Well, it's the only way you look forward, isn't it? You can't look forward into the past. Um, expect the likes of Boy Duffy probably to start troubling the Irish youth setups as well. So, interesting times. Now, indeed, if, if you want to see these players develop, you're going to have to buy a season ticket. Um, interesting this week, I had an off the record chat with a member of staff and um, who I was hoping I was hoping to follow up with an official article, but I haven't been able to. I think season ticket sales are progressing nicely, just a little bit down on last season at this stage. Um, probably understandable given depending on whether you're a glass half full and glass half empty, it's either understandable because of the cost of the living crisis or it's understandable because of the level of football, would you say? Probably a bit of both. Um, I'm a bit more glass half full with the situation on the pitch, as 100%. you know. Um, so I, I, I've renewed mine. Thankful I'm in a position to be able to do so. Um, so, you know, I think I'm, I'm very satisfied with how things are running on and off the pitch at the club. And I was I, I was always going to renew my season ticket as soon as it was, I was able to do so. Um, I think I do think it was it's expected. Yeah. There's going to be a lower number specifically from the cost of living issues. Everything's going up, you know. It was just announced recently that you know, the, the, the energy prices may be rising again. That's going to hit people. It just is, and things like football, it's the most important of non-important things, isn't it? So, yeah, it, uh, it it may be the last of those things to go. But for some people, it is going to be on that line, and it may mean that 
we can't commit, and that's a real a real shame. I suppose it's worth just pointing out and remembering that there is that that cheaper option in the real max stand for yeah. season tickets. There's the two tier price now, a sub three hundred quid option. Um, so if you're on that line and thinking, you know, what, maybe I can't stretch to the three eighty, but I could maybe to is it two nine five? I think. Um, yeah. Don't quote me on that, but it's this there or thereabouts. It's sub three hundred quid. And that's an option. But yeah, I think it's expected, obviously, from as a Lincoln City fans perspective and want the best for the club. We want as many people to, to be able to sign up for season tickets as possible. Um, but I do understand why. Personally, I think I, ca- I can't see many people deciding not to renew on football alone, especially no, after neither. last season. If they renewed after last season, then they're going to renew after this season. Yeah, because yeah, it's, it's significantly better now than it was this time last year. Yeah, I think the problem is that lower sales will be interpreted by a section of the fan base as people voting with their feet. And we heard it after the MK Dons game. You know, we drew nil-nil. It was 7,000-something. And the comment was people are voting with their feet. Well, they're not because they didn't know that game was going to be garbage. So it's it's easy to say. Yeah, but I, I think we didn't serve that game because it was middle of the it was it was bloody freezing middle of the week it was it wasn't in a holiday so i imagine lots of families weren't there it was a game that wasn't pre-scheduled so people wouldn't have planned around it I was, I'll, I'll be honest it was slightly lower than i was expecting but i fully expect it to be in the seven thousands um so yeah it didn't surprise me i don't think you can read too much into that i think there's a lot of circumstance around those rearranged tuesday night games and obviously there's only 100 odd away fans as well which is a big proportion um of the overall attendance so yeah that's what you get when these tin pot clubs come to visit isn't it um right so before we move on to another tin pot club uh from from just down the a15 uh, we will instead talk about a bit of transfer well speculation it's not news at all is it um but we were linked this week with sol brin solomon brin who is uh, a young goalkeeper currently on loan um at swindon town i think Mm-hmm. Um, parent club is Middlesbrough. Second time we've been linked with a goalkeeper. We were linked with uh, an Irish keeper whose name at the moment escapes me as well, which I find interesting in itself. Now, um, I know the journalist who broke this, and I think that uh, my own, my impression is that it's come from the agent rather. I mean, it's not going to come from Lincoln. Um, so whether it's kind of trying to to kind of raise awareness of Mr. Bryn um, before before the summer. Obviously, had a decent season at Swindon. Now, my good, I've got two comments on this. First of all, Jordan Wright's out of contract at the end of the season. He's also been linked with a move into League Two this week. I um, that's... fully expect him, if he's got the option to go and play for a League Two team that's going to be challenging anywhere okay. in the top half of League Two, he's going to play week in, week out in League Two with a chance of a season letter, being back in League yeah. One. And fair play to him. Like He's been a really reliable backup for us on the whole, but you can't begrudge him no, playing week in, week out. He'd be good enough to play in League Two. Uh, oh, and whether he's good easily. enough to play in League One or not, I'd, 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 you know, I, he hasn't let us down when he's played, I don't think. And obviously, he's a great penalty stopper. Um, Sam Long will get his first proper action, I think, of, of this season, this weekend, I think, um, because uh, Charles Cook was sent off for Bromley and they've had games postponed since. So he will, he will now get to play a couple of games for Bromley. Yeah. Um, but if Carl Rushworth goes back, we are going to need to sign a goalkeeper. Um, and it's likely that Jordan will move on. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know a huge amount about Sol. Spoken to a Swindon fan who's in the uh, in one of the chat groups that I'm in, and they said he's had a he's had a good solid season. Not probably as enthusiastic about him as Walsall fans were about Rushworth, um, but we'll see. For me, loaning a goalkeeper in is not a problem if you get the right one. I think we've had three good goalkeepers the last three I agree. years. I think we've been really spoilt this year because I think they've all been good. 
But yeah. I think Carl Rushworth is probably the pick of the bunch. But there's not a chance in hell he's not going to be playing in the Championship next season. We're not no, going to be having him back. Um, I suppose that's the only thing to mention about anyone that was concerned about us signing someone that was in League Two. You know, are they going to make the step up? Well, Carl Rushworth is, is, yeah. is and Josh Griffiths actually um, were both 100%. in League Two this season before they joined. They joined us, and they were, yeah. you know, both of them were have been and were some of our better performers in, in both seasons. So. Yeah, so, I've got I've got no problem. You know what? It'd be interesting to see whether that'd be a potential loan or whether that's a permanent because we haven't had a permanent goalkeeper for a little while. And um it's interesting because I was you know what, I was always of the opinion you want your own keeper for that continuity. Mm. Um Great, until, yeah, until we until we signed three really good goalkeepers yeah. on loan. Thought, oh, <laughs> actually that seems to work fine, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly the same. So exactly now I'm actually maybe the other way because Possibly you can get a higher quality keeper on a loan than you can permanently. Um, so, so I know Mark wants to step away from from loans overall, um, or step away from a reliance of loans for kind of key players. Understandably, and me and Ben obviously touched on this last week, as you'll know because you listen to it. <laughs> but I don't feel that's a huge issue in goal. I think if we are going to loan someone in as a guaranteed first choicer, I think a keeper is probably one to go. And also, you know, the issue about players getting more game time because of the five subs well, obviously keepers that doesn't really include keepers yeah. because you don't get 10 minutes outfield up front unless you're me uh last weekend away at rustons i i came on for 10 minutes at left wing back uh as an emergency <laughs> which was which was interesting then he scored with the last kick of the game but didn't um i had three i had three touches by the way a sliding tackle a cross and a shot well done there you go That's... thank you uh, and I was breathing out my ass by the end of the game anyway you are a, I, you are a I, modern day Stuart Naylor <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I digress. Point I'm making is keepers don't normally come on for a few minutes at the end. So that idea that the the transfer market around goalkeepers and loan market is is not it's not really applying to keepers. That's probably very similar. Yeah. So it's an interesting one. I think because we know we've only got Carl for a season, there's always going to be that question mark over that position for next season. So we've obviously got yeah. Sam. Depends if he gets himself. You know, he's got a couple of games to to play for Bromley. If he impresses and hopefully he keeps his place to the end of the season, then. If he has a real strong end to the season, there's a there's a chance for him there. We've got the option of learning someone in, and there's going to be keepers out of out of contract that we might that we might want to go on permanent. It'd be really interesting, obviously, as a goalkeeper myself. I always kind of take a real interest. Um, yeah, I, I've never mentioned it. I, you know, like you never mentioned going for a run. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. <laughs> you walked right into that. I did. I did. Right. <laughs> so we're 44 minutes in, 45 minutes in. Let's have a quick word from our sponsors uh, before we go into Charlie. So we'll go straight into Charlie after this. Um, Charlie has been speaking to Kellen Sarson. Uh, ahead of the posh game he's a peter brafana journalist for the real efl uh, and after a word from our sponsors here's what he had to say there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. 
Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mmm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the preview for Peterborough at home on Saturday. Actually, not away. I don't know why I've got Peterborough away in my notes. Um, so I am joined by Keelan, a Peterborough fan from the real EFL. So hi, Keelan. Hi, mate. You right? Yeah, all good. All good. So we'll just start off. How's the season been so far for you guys? Six points off the playoff places. Would you say you're quite disappointed or happy with where you are? Yeah, no, I think going into um, this season, obviously we got relegated from the championship last campaign. A disappointing season. We get Grant McCann in, who's you know renowned at championship level, at League One level, even for winning the title with Hull. And for whatever reason, it just didn't really work with Grant. And I think the the real issue of our season is we're we're a very patchy team. On our day, we can blow teams away with our attacking talent. And then other games, the players don't really look up for it. It's a very been a very up and down season. We're just we're very inconsistent. So on Saturday, it's just it's trying to figure out what what Peter United will show up. Well, this, this is exactly what you know from looking at the stats before doing this. You seem to score a lot. You know, you what is it, sixty goals or something like that? You've got the top scorer in the league in your team, but you're also conceding a lot. You know, you, you beat us 4-0 at your place back in August and then you lose 3-0 on Saturday to Cheltenham. So it's it does seem from an outsider looking in that it is really inconsistent. And one minute you can be the best team in the league on your day and the next minute you're losing to people you just shouldn't be losing to. Yeah, we have a lot of... on. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously biased because I, yeah. I watch the, the lads week in, week out usually. Mm. But I think... On our day, uh, Johnson Clark Harris is one of the best, one of the better finishers in League One. We've got yeah. players like Jack Taylor through the middle, who, if he really wanted to push on, he could be a Championship level midfielder. Just for some reason, I don't know if it's underestimating the league. We've done it before. Maybe we got relegated and thought, you know what, we'll, we'll, we can show up and win matches. But I think, you know, too many times this season we've gone into games, as you mentioned there. The Cheltenham home game, a lot of fans were thinking, oh, yeah, that'll be that'll be fine. And then <laughs> Alfie May showed up with two wonder goals and they won the match just because they wanted it more, really. They really were two goal of the season nominations, weren't they? Absolutely incredible. But I guess that's kind of, is it is it that you're kind of lacking defensively or, you know, because like I say, you are conceding a lot, but obviously some wonder goals. Is it that you are lacking defensively, poor goalkeeping, poor shape? What, what what seems to be the issue there? I think defensively, obviously Peterborough teams of the past, I think we became renowned for, especially in the multiple spells Dan Ferguson's been in charge. We are the sort of team that we can win matches by outscoring the opposition. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I don't think we really recruited well defensively. I think our issue is players like Frankie Kent, although they can be very good League One defenders in their own right, mm. in matches, he just has an error in him that ultimately costs us a goal. And I think we sometimes over-rely on players that have delivered us past success. 
because you almost feel like, oh, yeah. they've got us to a certain level in the past. Therefore, they must be, you know, we have to keep hold of them because they're good servants to the football club. Mm. And really what I think we should have done in the summer is got some more fresh blood in the centre-back position. And unfortunately, I think Darren Ferguson has his favourites a bit when it comes to the defensive right. selection. Personally, I would give players like Josh Knight a bit more of a go. Mm-hmm. And also, I think our goalkeeper spot has been a bit of an issue this season. We had Lucas Bergstrom on loan from Chelsea. Yeah, he was a very good young keeper, and then Ferguson came into the building, got Will Norris, and he's a bit more of an experienced head. And yeah, the the first Alfie May goal against Cheltenham um, indicates that Will Norris has been a bit of an underwhelming buy. Yeah, yeah, I could uh, I could sort of see that. I don't know if you saw the goal that we conceded our first one against Exeter at the weekend. Um, but we had our goalkeeper was in a bit of a left-back position. Um, and some people blamed him. I mean, personally, I wouldn't. But it's you know it's easy to blame the goalkeepers in those situations without actually looking further, isn't it? But yeah, it did look like Will Norris was potentially at fault. Um so looking forward to Saturday then. What kind of shape have you guys been playing? You know, how do you see the game panning out? Um, I mean, if we play like we did away at, at Burton, I think we away at Burton we're very I think what we like to play down the channels a lot with Ephraim Mason Clark, who we've got in from Barnet's been excellent in recent weeks, and he's really quite a daring footballer, as in he just takes on his man man he just he's a very direct footballer, which is more of what we need because I think our issue is in our shape is Will Norris will play it out from the back to Kent right to Nathan Thompson to Ronnie Edwards and sometimes the play can be a bit slow a bit lethargic and when against Burton we just were very direct and fast with it Ogbeta's been very good as well as a wing back on loan from Swansea I think when we play like that on the front foot we're very hard to contain but from when when I've seen Lincoln in clips or when I've heard opposition fans, they Lincoln seem to be praised for having a very good structure and they get on yeah. you quite quickly. So if we play a very slow, lethargic approach on Saturday, I'd be a bit concerned, but hopefully we can just, if we play faster, high tempo football, we might be able to just score a load of goals again away from home. Well, this is, well, obviously I hope that doesn't happen, but um, you know, like you were saying with the sort of slow, lethargic play from out the back, we do have Ben House up top who he will just run his socks off. He is he's just your typical pressing forward that does not stop. So, you know, if he's going to get the opportunity to press down some of your players and maybe win the occasional ball and create an attack out of nothing, then it's something that we can very much look forward to. Um, so from you guys looking to us, are there any players, you know, do, do you fear coming to Sinselbank? Um you know, are there any players that you particularly are worried about? Have your eye on anything like that? Yeah, no, I was gonna, I was gonna mention um, Ben House. I've been really mm. impressed watching clips of him, and he seems to be a bit of a a fan favourite at Central Bank. And yeah. if he's, is he quite a, is he quite a physical, imposing presence as well? He can be. It's he's not somebody. It's improved in his game a lot this season. It's not some. He's not someone who you'd expect it from all the time. Um, but he he has just he's somebody that will not give up when he has lost the ball, um, which you know can mean a lot in this in this league. And he can create things out of nothing. Um, he might not be the best 
dribbler on the eye or anything like that. But for somebody like that to be running and constantly creating out of nothing, then it's exactly what we need if we don't have a 20-goal-a-season striker. Yeah, and I think as as, as well as um, talking about Ben House, I've been quite impressed. I don't know if he shows it in flashes a little bit. Is it Jack Diamond? He looks quite a good Yeah, one. Yeah, Jack... Just... He's a bit of an interesting one because at the start of the season, he, you know, he, he looked brilliant for us, got a few goals. To know, but the problem is he hasn't scored from open place in September. Uh, he he is another one that just runs a lot. He's he dribbles a lot, but his decision making at the end of it hasn't quite been good enough. Um, but there is definitely a player in there. It's just whether or not he will play like it on the day. He's, he has been a bit inconsistent recently. Yeah, fair enough. I presume it's, it's a bit like that at, at League One level, isn't it? You've got yeah, very it's always the case. Without showing it week in, week out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, it's probably going to be quite a lively atmosphere. You know, you, you told me before we recorded this that you're coming down. Um, are you guys expecting to sell out? Um, from what I saw on socials yesterday, I think we've been given an extra bit of the away stand because we sold about oh, 1,500 tickets, I think. Right. But it's all yeah, tickets. It, you have to buy them in advance, I think. Yeah, so you'll... I assume you'll get what? You'll get the whole Stacey West, so almost 2,000 if you can fill it. And it'll be, it'll be good if you can because it'll make it a proper lively atmosphere um, for one, a one o'clock kickoff as well, isn't it? Um, yeah, and no, I keep forgetting it's a, a one Yeah, point. so do I, actually. Um, <laughs> but it's just, just one of those things, isn't it? So I guess finally the the big question of the lot score prediction. What, what do you think? Are you are you hopeful that you'll be the team to beat our unbeaten home record, or are we keeping hold of it? Well, I think if if you're a Lincoln fan, you'd probably be predicting a draw because you do love a draw. But <laughs> only, Peterborough have only drawn three games all season, so oh, right. it'll be an interesting one because it's the draw specialist versus the team who either win or lose. But I think yeah. I'm gonna. We're just too, we're very inconsistent. So we're a very hard team to put any money on if you were a betting man. But I'll, I'll, I'll be positive. I'll go for a, I'll go for a 2-1 Peterborough win. Let's go for that. Well, I, I'm going to go the total opposite. Oh, And I'm, I'm going to go for a 2-1 Lincoln win. Um, sort of a la George Grant free kick. In the in the oh, last year, like that happened a few years back, so, so something like that would be quite nice. Um, I think it's going to be a very close game. It, yeah, yeah, it, it really will be. I, I'm actually really hoping it'll be quite a lively game, um, but let's just hope it does live up to that. But yeah, um, brilliant. Thank you very much for that, Keelan, and good luck for well, not good luck for Saturday, not really, but uh, good luck for the rest of the season after that. No worries, mate. It was a good chat. Perfect. Thank you very much. Cheers, mate. So that's brilliant. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you, Callum. Now, Charlie actually recorded this on the same platform we're recording on literally uh, as just before we came on. So we don't know what Callum said. I did have a listen last week to Exeter. Um, so without taking anything into account from Charlie, um, what are your thoughts on the game, Mr. Lamming? I always look forward to the Peterborough games. I just think the atmosphere is always good. They always... For me, it's like they're, they're a similar size club to us. They're no bigger than us, but they're a few years down the line ahead of where we are. And I just always like to get one over on them. I just do. I can't help it. I just do. Um, so from a fan's perspective, taking the, the stats and the tactical side of it, completely out of it, 
it doesn't matter that you know that we're reasonably safe in the league, like we were saying on Saturday against Exeter. Maybe it was a slight dead rubber. It isn't against Peterborough. It never is. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to the game. It'll be a good atmosphere, big crowd. Can't wait. 18 years since Peterborough have won at Sinselbank. Well, that is very much a record we'd like to keep running, isn't it? Keep going. It was September the 17th, 2015, with Dean Keats scoring for us. Jimmy Quinn and Adam Newton scored for them. Uh, and they had in their team uh, Peter Gain. Ryan Semple was on the bench. They had Richard Logan. So, yeah, in, interesting stuff. Since they're then, always that club, weren't they, that we loan players from? Yeah. Harry Anderson, were, obviously, being one that we had yeah. in the National League. And, and it's just so nice to kind of be on a, an even keel with them now. And Yeah, it's, it's nice it's, to hold around. And obviously, we kind of own one because they batted us at the, for, earlier in the season at their place. And rightly so, they absolutely played off the park. But yeah. we're a much better team now than we were then. And it'd be nice we to kind them. of show them what we're really all about. We owe them two because we owe them for the three-three draw in May 2021, where we were three 0 up and they got the penalty from Schmodic diving. Oh, oh God, yeah. Um, and the time before that, that was it was one all at our place, and that was where they had the man sent off and got the penalty. And I think it wasn't Clark Harris scored for them, was it? Um, TJ Omer own goal after ten minutes, and we missed the penalty, didn't we? George Grant, I think, missed the penalty, and we should have beat them two one. Um, the thing about Peterborough is it's always special. And I'd got the question written down here. Um, is it a derby? Yes. Because is Derby a derby? No. Derby County's ground is only three miles further away from Sinselbank than Peter, Peter's ground. Well, there's a there's a historical element, isn't there? That we don't play Derby very often. We play Peterborough reasonably often. Um, on Football Manager, that you have a, a list of of. Uh, of, um, of of rival clubs, and when you're inputting it, the data you have to say: Are they a local rival? Are they a historic rival? Are they a competitive rival? And I think Peterborough are kind of all three. Whereas I'd... Derby aren't at all. You know, they're not really competitive. Like historically, they've always been above us. They're above us now. Yeah, it, it feels the... like a derby to me. Do you know what the score was the first time Peterborough ever visited Sinsilbank? You don't, obviously. No, I of course I don't. I literally just looked up. Yeah, Lincoln City four, Peterborough five, uh, and that was January fifty-seven. And then in October sixty-one, it was Peterborough five, Lincoln four. That was the next time we played them. So there was like eighteen goals in two games. Um, we've shared four-four draws with them in nineteen seventy-two. Um, yeah, quite a few, quite a few kind of big results. So bring see- on a nil-nil then. Yeah, I can't see <laughs> the same happening. And yeah, I've had a little look at, at Peterborough, and I'm sure you have as well. Yeah. Um, they do tend to play a four-two-three-one, and they are so massively unpredictable. Like against Plymouth, they scored five. Their xG was three point nine in a four-two-three-one. Um, against, oh, I can't scroll down now. Just a minute. It was uh, against Morecambe. They won three-nil. Their xG was zero point eight three. But then they played Sheffield Wednesday, zero point zero five. Cheltenham, zero point seven. Lost three-nil at home. Burton Albion, a couple of days later, they score five with an XG of 3.67. It is literally which Peterborough is going to turn up because if the Peterborough turns up that scores five goals against Burton Albion, we probably get a B. If the Peterborough turns up that couldn't break down Cheltenham, we're in with a chance of extending the unbeaten home run. Absolutely, yeah. And um, I noticed this, this really kind of almost like polarisation of their runs and their games. So I thought, oh, shit, are they massively changing their team? And they're not. 
They're yeah. almost almost well, they are stopped playing 4 2 3 1 every single match since, since uh, Ferguson's taken back over again. 4 2 3 1. Um, John Clark Harris starts every single game up top. Their back four is almost the same every game. Um, they always start Ephraim Mason Clark, they almost always start Ward or Poker on the right, and Burroughs almost always starts in the 10 role. Taylor and almost always starts with Norburn or Kipriano playing centre mid. So there's like a, a course sort of 13 players really that start all the time. Yet they're so inconsistent. And I can't work out why. I didn't have a chance to look at any clips on Y Scout this week, sadly, because normally I like investigate this a little bit further. I haven't had a chance to. Um so I don't know. I don't know why it's happening, but all we can do is hope that they that the team that's played against Cheltenham turns up and not the one that played against Burton. I know a little bit of why it's happening because I just read through some of the Peterborough media. Um, teams that let them play, teams that play a high line, teams that want to attack them get taken apart. Um, like Burton Albion wanted went to try and win the game. Teams that want to stifle the game, teams that play deep, teams that play out from the back, teams that will press from the front but not commit have joy. And that's where the likes of Cheltenham have got a result. I mean, Morecambe obviously got beat, but were pretty unlucky. Um, Fleetwood, I think, again, they did a job on them. Fleetwood, when they beat them 1-0, their XG was only 0.33. Um, if you attack Peterborough, you can beat them. But if you don't get it right, you can't. And that's why Bolton beat them 5-0 and why Burton lost to 5 to them. It sounds I, like picking and choosing when to press and how to press 100%. is very key. And we're good at that. Ben House yeah. is exceptional at that, starting it all off from his runs at the top. So that's that fills me a little bit of confidence. If we get a, a Ben House on form, then everyone else follows because he's the first line of it. You know, he, he sets off those triggers all the time. For me, it that's, depends that's on that's a good that's on, a good sign. It depends on the fitness of our back four. Assuming that everybody's fit, if we if we can go Monsmore, O'Connor, and Jackson with Rowan on the left and Paul on the right, I'd be happy with that because I mm-hmm. think that we can keep Clark Harris. Clark Harris scores a lot of goals. What he won't do is he won't create his own goals. Clark Harris is a Charlie White. You put the ball into him in the 12 yards from goal, he'll get a shot away nine times out of 10 or five times out of 10 or whatever. He'll score. If you crowd him out, if you keep it quiet, if you don't let him have the ball, or if you stop the delivery from out wide, um, he doesn't score goals. Now, for me, if you stop him, you stop Peterborough. So if they, and I know that other people have scored their goals. I'm not, you know, uh, Clark uh, Mason Clark's got a couple. Burroughs has got a couple. Yeah, but he's the top goal scorer. This is interesting though because I had the same thoughts because he's the top goal scorer in the league, but he's not the player I was concerned about. No, the players I was concerned about was Ward and Ephraim Mason Clark yeah, and and, yeah. and Poku. They're the yeah. guys that are creating these these. And if we can stop the service, I have no issues with us stopping um, with stopping Clark Harris and. We don't concede that many chances, generally speaking. We're, we're good at stopping other teams getting opportunities. So if we can keep that going and um, we can really limit his opportunities on the ball, then I think I think we're fine in regard to him. The question is, you know, you know, they've got those really talented players on those wide areas, and those and they they, they do float quite a lot. Those those three behind him, he's he's quite static. He works kind of within the width of the eighteen yard box generally, and the three behind are quite fluid, um, which is quite difficult to pick up when we've only got a midfield two in there. Um, depending think, on who the midfield two are of course absolutely well I think we can be almost guaranteed that Ethan's going to start it's just whether Matty Virtue or whether Ted partners him I think that's the big question um, I think Virtue <laughs> did okay possibly doing it was his first start he looked knackered when he came off yeah he slipped him, over a few times it was it was more a case I think of getting minutes into him 
Yeah, very much um, so. But we all know the quality that he has. Um, yeah. Ted did brilliant when he came on. And what I would say for people who were thinking about the 4-0 earlier in the season, you know, there's two major differences from that 4-0 in this game. Um, first of all, we weren't three at the back. We were four mm-hmm. at the back when we went yeah. there. And they were three at the back with two up top. And when you've got Johnson, Clark, Harris and another striker, it, it, it's 10 times. It, it, it's two extra two, but against four at the back, there's no wonder. And we were trying to play attack in. We were trying to kind of press high up the pitch. We were a little we're, bit gone. We were high. really open. We were open just like we were against Bristol Rovers and we got on the right side of it against Bristol. Yeah. And we got, we got you know, absolutely <laughs> ripped apart against Peter, didn't we? And it was those sort of games that... that those extremes really, which which made us change into this style that we're playing now. And like I said before, I've got no issue with it as a foundation. And for the rest of this season, that's fine. I would love us to to just to, to keep that unbeaten home run. I don't care if it's a boy or nil nil yeah, draw. I don't yeah. care. I just want to not lose this one. Do, do you know what I find really interesting? Again, um, first of all, the last time that Peterborough did the double over us in the football league was 1991 the last time they won the home game by four goals uh, and we still had to play them, they won by five goals to one in 97, late 97. And then, then towards the end of that season in 98, we then won 3-0. And now here is a little bit of um, kind of, you know, I like coincidences and parallels. And did you did you pick up on the uh, the Oxford? I did one with an Oxford one, didn't I? And it was the, uh, the left back giving away a silly goal after... Uh, it was literally a year ago. So a year ago on Saturday, we played a game where we should have won. We lost 1-0. The goalkeeper and the left-back got in and messed things up for the goal to go in. And yeah, it's so many parallels. Well, the week I got my first tattoo, uh, we played Peterborough United on the Saturday. We'd lost by four goals earlier in the season and we ended up winning 3-0. And the team that we played immediately after that was Exeter City. And so we played Exeter City last week, Peterborough this week, and I've got a tattoo in the middle of the week. So for me... So many parallels. Lincoln City 3-0 win. Lump your money on it. Uh, and if it's going to go entirely to plan, they'll score first. It'll be disallowed and we'll go straight up the other end and score. A player coming back from a 10-week layoff scored one of the goals in um, in that last one. So I've put Matty Virtue down to score any time. And there was two assists from a young on-loan player that we were hoping to sign up. So I think two assists from either Shadipo or Diamond for Ben House. 3-0. Ben House double, Matty Virtue. Put your house on it. <laughs> okay. Imagine. If you don't put that bet on and it comes in, you will kick yourself. Just, just you, imagine that. It it's, 50p. All, it's all bullshit. You know it's bullshit. I know yes, it's bullshit. Yeah, of course it is. But just imagine. It's I remember nice once. About, isn't it? We'll wrap up in a bit. I know that. But I remember once I was driving, um, I was going out with a girl in Southery. It, so it was 1998, and I was driving from Rugby to um to hers in Southern and back and on the way to rugby i'd never seen them before two foxes ran out at different times on the way to Southern, and on the way back from Southern, two owls flew past <laughs> right so and then i looked at the fixture list and it was sheffield wednesday versus leicester city and i thought well it'll be two two but you couldn't bet there was no mobile phones with apps on it so i didn't go in a bookies and put it on and it was 2-2 and now i've said that do you know what i'm going to do while we're just while you we're want on to know. the phone i want to know if that is something that i've like kind of made up and not you, intentionally you, you kind of accidentally believed it to be true when it isn't yeah do you know what i mean I, I, i'm absolutely certain that it is and um, well, so i never, I never had you down as a as someone that was into all this sort of stuff well i've got to be wrong 
because they didn't draw 2-2 at all during that time. It would have been then. I bet it was the one-all then. Leicester won Sheffield Wednesday one, 28th of December. Well, that doesn't fit into the, to the narrative at all. It must have been an it must have been an owl and a fox. I always remember it. I know that it was an owl and a fox, and it should have been a draw. And that's the right date because I went out with her from December '97 through to kind of middle of 1998. So there was a draw there. So I'm well, happy. that I'm, I'm is fascinating. Yeah. All right. So we're going to wrap up. <laughs> I can tell. I understand sarcasm. I lived with Fee earlier. I said to her because tonight's marquee matchup tonight on FIFA. I talk about it all the time. I said to Fee earlier, you know what, tonight is, don't you? And she went, what? And I went, marquee matchups night. And she went, well, that is amazing. But <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm getting it from you as well. Fuck everybody. Um, have you had a thought? Ben suggested that we do death row meals. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my, me and Steph talk about this all the time. And uh, In case you're ever on death row. Well, mainly because <laughs> she thinks I'm, well, it, it makes her think, it probably just confirms her suspicions that I'm very weird. Yeah. Um, Scrambled egg and baked beans on toast. That is weird. Tell you why. Earth would you pick that? Why? Tell you why. And I'm a bit of a foodie. I like nice food. Yeah. But on those nights where you can't be arsed or you haven't got a lot of time, never let you down. <laughs> it's consistent. It's a Sam Habigan. It's a Pordy O'Connor. It's a seven out of ten every time. And it never, ever lets you down. Imagine being on death row and you want like ribeye steak and chips and they cook it wrong. You're going to be fuming. Scrambled egg and beans on toast will never let you down. Oh my lord! What if they used like Aldi beans, and they used that pumpkin bread, sourdough? What if they used sourdough bread and oh, see, quite, Aldi I quite beans? Like I quite like it on sourdough. I'm a bit of a hipster. Oh, you freak! But, but it's I agree revealing with, I, itself. I, I, I agree with you with the Aldi beans. You know, there, there's a line you don't cross, and Aldi beans. And I like Aldi. Not, I not like Aldi, Aldi not Aldi beans, but sourdough. You see, I thought about it because I have an awful lot of. Um, food that i like and i think if i said to you what would be my death row meal it's the burger I... you had in leeds <laughs> <laughs> it's just... a burger. yeah from a nation of shopkeepers i mean it could be any burger as you know we went to cologne and you know apart from one bratwurst at, um, at, at the football I, I predominantly ate burgers so but yeah i would have a i'd have a burger and chips and in fact i'd have i'd ask them for two burgers and large chips because i wouldn't have to worry about the calories yeah, well, yeah, of course. So, yeah, that'd be the least you worries, wouldn't it? That's yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be worried about that particularly. Right, I think that is it. We've hit an hour with whatever Charlie's done. It may be an hour and fifteen minutes. It's expected. Chris survived his coffee, um, which I think is fantastic. Uh, so we will see you all at. Oh no, we won't. We've got one thing to plug, and I'm only going to give you twenty seconds to do it. Talk to us oh. about a semi-final. Oh, yes. Big game Sunday morning. Broadly FC versus Rugby FC. Semi-final of the Jock Mitchell Memorial Cup. 10.45 kickoff. Subbrook Drive. Come on, Rugby. Please win. I've never won anything. 14 seconds. And they were quick seconds as well. So I shall be there. Taking they were like some those seconds that the Derby fans were saying when Carl Rush got the ball in his hands. Yeah, they were, weren't they? One, two, three, four. And um, yeah, so I'm hoping to should be there as well, even That'd though it's fantastic. Mother's Day. I'm going to um, bring my camera and we'll... Lovely stuff. Fingers yeah, big crossed. Game for us. Big game for us, but, you know, it'll take us to a final um, Central Bank. The hallowed turf. The hallowed turf of Central Bank. Can I be in the dugout if you are as a official photographer in your dugout? I think I'm that's, sure. That's... Well, if, if we're allowed to do things like that, I'm sure there can be... Do you uh, have an assistant manager? Stand. 
Do you have an uh, assistant I've, manager? Well, I've got a guy that normally does the line, Paul, um, but he won't be needed when there's actually linesmen. So on this oh. Saturday, on this Sunday, and semi-finals, the, the league also supplies linesmen for semis. So Paul's oh, wow. going to be doesn't well, won't know what to do himself. He can have a, an afternoon off or morning off. Imagine if you got to the final and you stepped out on the pitch and Andy Pearson was the referee. I you just go, oh, f- I think like that'd that. be absolutely fantastic, Andy. I think that'd be brilliant, <laughs> mate. I really hope it's you. It, it'd be like that moment in the office where David Brent's waiting for the blind date and he turns around, he sees her come in, and he's just, oh, f- f- I turns away again. <laughs> oh, lovely office. I'm sure, I'm sure Andy's great. Look, I know that we've got, I've got to make my own pizza. Um, and I heard the chips go in about 30 minutes ago. So Fee is literally going to be pacing the kitchen. Um, so, if you've got nothing to do on Sunday, get down to Subbrook Drive. If you've got nothing to do on Saturday, then you're in the wrong business because Lincoln play Peterborough. If you've got nothing to do on Friday while you're listening to this, go down to a box of frogs where he's selling loads of Lincoln City memorabilia. Got a plan, Dave shot, uh, plug Dave shot. And other than that, all I've got to say is up the imps. Up the imps. <laughs> the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.